Welcome to Life Study of the Bible, brought to you by Living Stream Ministry, featuring the ministry of Watchman Nee and Witness Lee, two ministers of God's economy who served together in China for nearly 20 years. Watchman Nee was imprisoned by the Chinese government in 1952 and remained there until his death in 1972. Following his imprisonment, Witness Lee carried on this ministry in Taiwan and eventually in America and ultimately around the world. He served the Lord for more than 70 years before going to be with him in 1997. His major contribution was through a 21-year labor he called Life Study, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible. This program is based on those messages. Before we join today's show, we'd like to give you our website where you can find more programs just like this one. It's lsmradio.org. Again, lsmradio.org radio.org. Now, here's our show today. The Gospel of Luke, chapter 4, has a wonderful and often quoted passage, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, because he has anointed me to announce the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim release to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to send away in release those who are oppressed to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the year of Jubilee. Well, the Lord Jesus was actually quoting from Isaiah in this passage, but the reference to the year of Jubilee is found in Leviticus chapter 25. This is perhaps the best-known chapter in this entire book, and the spiritual significance of it will become not just a good Bible teaching, but really will become the source of our shouting for joy, our jubilee. Dick Taylor is here, appropriately so, I would say. Dick, thanks for joining us on this uh, jubilee program. Hallelujah, Chris. That's exactly jubilee, isn't it, Dick? That's jubilee. It literally means a joyful shout, if I'm not mistaken. That's right. It means praise the Lord. Dick, in this acceptable year of the Lord, or jubilee, as it's literally translated, uh, we have a reference back to Leviticus 25, as we mentioned, where the matter of every seventh year being set aside as a year of rest is brought up. And then, after seven cycles of these seven-year periods, the next year, or the 50th, was set aside not just as a Sabbath, but as a jubilee, a year when the slaves were set free, when property was returned to its original owners. And this certainly was a welcome and blessed time for all the children of Israel, wasn't it? Surely it was. Dick, let's review a little bit as we get into this very enjoyable message. What actually the New Testament reality of the Sabbath day or the Sabbath rest is all about. Chris, the reality of the Sabbath is Christ himself. Even it says in the Gospels that Christ is the reality of the Sabbath. And I was thinking, Chris, in uh, Colossians 2.16 and 17, bring out the fact that Christ himself is the reality of the Sabbath. In other words, without Christ, you have no rest. So Christ in his fullness is really our rest. He's the source, and he's the reality of rest. Without Christ, you have no Sabbath. The New Testament makes it clear, Christ is our rest. We're seeing over and over, Dick, these Old Testament passages are marvelous pictures pointing to the New Testament reality, and in this case, Christ being the reality of the Sabbath. There wasn't just a Sabbath day, the seventh day of the week, 
We also find out now there was a Sabbath year every seventh year, and then this fulfillment, this completion of the Sabbath, this 50th year jubilee that we're going to touch. We're going to see it in all of these aspects today. I'm looking forward to this program very much. Let's join Witness Lee. Now we come to the top of the tops. This chapter, I would say, is rather quite famous among so many Christian teachers on the matter of jubilee. Yet, it opens, or it begins, the Sabbath year. We all know the Sabbath day. Probably we don't know anything about the Sabbath year. To have a Sabbath for rest for one day, this is somewhat quite common to us. But to have a rest as a Sabbath for one year, think about it. And this is not just for man to rest, but also for the land to rest. It's quite meaningful. God is a God of rest. He works, that's right. But after his work, he rested. God rested not just by himself. God rested according to Genesis 1 with man. You see, he enjoyed the rest after his work, not just by himself, for himself, but for man as well. So, on the rest day, God was there resting, man was there resting. But now, in order to have the Jubilee, a practice should be there every seven years. There had to be a year for Sabbath. The whole year, the land rested. In this Sabbath year, not only God and man rested, but God and man with the land rested. It is not so easy to find a definition of the Sabbath year. The Sabbath year refers to what? Well, we have to remember that the Sabbath day refers to Christ. So the Sabbath year must be also referring to Christ. Christ is our Sabbath, not just for one day. He could be our rest for a full year. So the Sabbath year denotes Christ in his fullness as our rest. We have him not just rest for one day, but we could have him for rest for one year. We need to have him for a year, to enjoy him as a rest, not as a part, but in full. So, the sub-year is a full realm for us to enjoy him as our rest with God. Just keep this in mind. You will enjoy much, much more of Christ. Dick, this is a marvelous word. Witness Lee even called it the top of the tops, he said at the beginning there. Yeah, that's great. It is. We not only have one day a week that was set aside for this mutual rest. I like that part. God and man together resting. 
as indicated by the Sabbath day. But every seventh year was also set aside as a year of rest and enjoyment, mutual rest and enjoyment. Dick, what does it mean for us to have Christ as the reality, not just of this weekly day of rest, but as a year-long Sabbath? That means, Chris, we enjoy Christ as our rest, not in part, but in full. Mm. Not just a little bit, but for the entire length of our Christian life. And I have to testify, Chris, and I believe you also have this testimony, that since coming under this ministry and discovering what a marvelous Christ we have, how all-inclusive, how rich, how enjoyable, how precious, I tell you, I am resting, I am resting, I am resting. Apparently, we're coordinating together with Brother Lee related to this radio program, but actually we're really resting. resting. Isn't that good? So this means this rest, which is Christ himself, is not just in part, but is in full. May we really enjoy him as our rest. I really like this, Chris, that rest and enjoyment go together. When you're resting, you really have the enjoyment. The enjoyment and rest are inseparable. So our testimony is that coming under this ministry and and just seeing what a marvelous Christ we have and practicing to open to him all the time, to call on his dear name, oh, Lord Jesus, and to tell him we love him, give him the room in our being. He just becomes our rest, not just one day, but one year, not just in part, but in full. Dick, there's another uh, point here, a subtle point, but I also thought it was very marvelous, and that is that the first Sabbath was God's seventh day, was man's first day, meaning that God waited until man was on the scene before he took his day of rest. There's a mutual enjoyment here where God and man together are experiencing uh, a restful, enjoyable situation, isn't there? Isn't that good, Chris? And that's exactly what's brought out in Leviticus. Yeah. Both God and man rested. It said even the land rested. There's rest everywhere. When you have Christ as the reality of your rest, then both God and we are really, really at rest. Okay, this rest, this year of uh, Sabbath, now, Dick, takes on another enlargement as we look at the 50th year. So every seventh year was a Sabbath year. Then after seven periods would go by, the 50th year, after seven of these Sabbath years, a year of jubilee. Hallelujah. And that is where we began the program today. It really means a shout for joy or a joyful shout. Why don't we find out about that? You know, what is jubilee? You know, the word jubilee, it means what? A time of shouting. <laughs> a time of shouting. If we all shout, that's jubilee. <laughs> it's not a kind of weeping shouting, but a kind of rejoicing shouting. Joyful shouting. This is a kind of practice that ushers us into the Jubilee. Economically speaking, in that ancient time, God realized that the natural sources should be balanced. You know, all the children of Israel, they got a piece of land or a lot of land when they entered into the good land. And the good land was divided to them by lots. So each one has a lot of the land. And that land should not be sold forever. It should be only sold up to the year of Jubilee. When Jubilee, the time of shouting comes, that land will spontaneously go to the original owner. 
Within 50 years time, a long period of time, some of the dear people may not be able to maintain his property. Some situation, maybe poverty or sickness, would force him to sell the whole property or a part of the property. But this should not be sold forever. Say, last year was a previous jubilee. And after two years, I was forced to sell my land. And I sold, not forever. I could only sell for 48 years. Why? Till the expiration of the 50 years. Uh-huh. I will be in a time to shout. Hallelujah! My land comes back. And this coming back of the soul land is a balance. It's a balance of uh, the land. Well, Dick, quite literally, as we've been talking, jubilee means a time of joyful shouting. Okay, let's go back to the origin of this word, the jubilee, for a minute. It referred to landowners. Of course, when the children of Israel went into the good land, they were all allocated or allotted a portion of the land. But by circumstance, uh, hard luck or weather or this or that, certain ones would inevitably end up in a situation where they were forced to sell their land to survive economically. But the year of Jubilee, every 50th year, meant that the property reverted back to the original owner. So no wonder they were shouting Jubilee, Dick. It was quite an uh, anticipated event, I would imagine. They were really happy. How about us? We're not talking about having our literal real estate or uh, material property returned. What should be the source of our shouting, our Jubilee? The source of our shouting and our Jubilee is much higher than theirs. Theirs was over literal physical real estate. But our shouting, our jubilee, is altogether related to God himself. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Not only, Chris, did we fall into sin, actually we were sold under sin. Yeah. And uh, we ourselves, because of the fall, not only were in slavery, we had lost God as our predestined portion. But through the redemption of Christ, that is through the announcement of the preaching of the gospel, we have all been brought out of the slavery of sin by Christ's precious death, and we have been brought back to God himself as our unique possession and the reality of everything that we have ever desired. This means God himself is our real real estate. He is our real portion. We've been returned back to him. Yeah. We've been redeemed back to God himself, back to his house, back to his family. We have to shout because the Lord not only took us out of the slavery of sin, he's also brought us back to himself as our unique possession. Today, he's the life-giving spirit. He not only wants to free us from the slavery of sin, but he wants to bring us into himself as our real portion. He wants to be the reality of our clothing, the reality of our food, the reality of our housing. He wants to be everything. Like Psalm 16.5 says, Chris, the Lord himself is our inheritance and he is our portion. We have to shout, hallelujah. Dick, when the Lord was uh, walking about the streets himself, 
probably proclaiming, I would guess, uh, somewhat exercised as you just now are, this marvelous word from Isaiah. These people knew what Jubilee meant, didn't they? They surely did. So it had a it had a deep, rich meaning to these people, and I'm really grateful for the opportunity to present this to uh, people who are hearing this for the first time. So when we uh, now come across Luke 4.18 and 19, we'll have a different appreciation of this portion. This portion has never been the same to me since I heard this speaking in this ministry. Amen. Well, Dick, let's go on. The year of Jubilee went beyond the restoration of property to its original owners. It also had an effect on all those who had been forced into slavery. You referred to this in uh, your speaking just now. We're going to hear a bit more about it. Let's go back to Witness Lee. Jubilee is a top type. Don't you realize that the more you live, the more you, you lose all the divine rights? Just because we live in a sinful way. See, the more sin we commit, the more right we lose. So what? So, eventually, we have to sell everything we inherited by our birth. Eventually, not only so, we even lose ourselves. We got ourselves sold and sold not to a proper bear. You know, who is the bear? Satan and sin. Romans 7 tells us we have been sold to sin. Paul says, wretched man I am. I have been sold to sin. I am a slave, sold to sin. So, we all have to realize as the descendants of Adam, we have sold all the rights God allotted to us, and we have even all sold ourselves to sin, to Satan. This is where we are. So what? So we can do nothing. Then one day, Jubilee came. You know, in Luke chapter 4, there the Lord Jesus proclaimed the Jubilee. Even at that time, I believe if not too loudly, people shouted. At least some of his listeners did shout joyfully because some said the word of Greece came out of his mouth to proclaim a jubilee. When he came, jubilee came with him. And especially today, after he has accomplished the full redemption of God for all of us, the sinners. When we preach the gospel, it is a real proclamation of the uh, New Testament Jubilee. So, we have to go out to brew the trumpet, to make people shout. All the people today, most of them are sighing. Some are crying, weeping. So we have to go to them. We have to go to them to proclaim the Jubilee, to brew the trumpet. That would make them to shout. They will learn to say, Hallelujah. They will learn to say, Amen. They will learn to say, Praise the Lord. Dick, after such a marvelous word, it makes me uh, angry. 
that sin is such an insidious thing and it has such an effect on mankind. It renders all of us, just as he described here at the end, weeping, um, crying, altogether not joyful uh, at all, are we? That's right. That's right. This word of Paul's that he quoted in Romans 7 about being sold to sin uh, is very, very important because, in effect, all of us have become slaves apart from Christ. Amen. But really, we do now have a genuine cause to shout for joy because our jubilee is the freedom from this illegal ownership that has been brought upon us by sin and by Satan himself. Dick, why don't you blow this trumpet for a while? I'm happy to do that, Chris. Hallelujah. Amen. You know, Chris, what I was reminded of, our brother mentioned these words in Luke 4, words of grace, the announcement of the Jubilee. And I was thinking on the same book, Chris, is Luke 15. There you have somebody who was really in sin, sold under sin, completely captured, sad, uh, weeping, uh, even in the pig pen. But when he returned, it was really a Jubilee. Even from the beginning, when the father saw him, yeah, he ran, ran and him. jumped on him kissed and him. kissed him <laughs> and then put the robe on him, signifying Christ as the one who takes care of our sin. And he put the ring on his finger and the sandals on his feet. And then he said, kill the fatted calf. Let us eat and be merry. This just indicates Christ, who has been processed through death and resurrection to become our real feast. And then this prodigal was brought into the house, into the father's house, to enjoy this marvelous fatted calf, Christ, who's the reality of that calf, as his real portion for his enjoyment. Mm. So here was somebody who had been sold under sin, but experiencing a real jubilee, not only freedom from the sin, but brought back to God himself as his unique portion and his joy. I tell you, the older son, it says in that portion, said when he returned to the house, he could hear the music and the dancing. So this means there was really a jubilee going on. This son who was dead was alive. This one who was lost has been found. What is there left to say except Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Christ is joy unspeakable, and and he's full of glory. And this is God's grace to us. We have to thank the Lord so much, don't we, Chris, that the whole Bible ends with the grace of the Lord Jesus be with all the saints. Amen. Amen. This means we as Christians should enjoy Christ the entire length of our Christian life. If you don't have a recovery version yet, you who are listening, I would encourage all of you to do what you can to get one. Read the footnotes in Luke 15 and read the footnote in 1 Corinthians 5. Just one sentence from that precious footnote in verse 8 says, The feast is a time for the full enjoyment of the banquet. The entire Christian life should be a feast. Such an enjoyment of Christ as our banquet, the rich supply of life. So, Chris, Mm. let us keep the feast. Hallelujah for the Jubilee. Amen, Brother Dick. You know, the way this book comes to a conclusion, we just had uh, two programs touching these feasts, and now we have today. What a glorious conclusion to the book of Leviticus. If anyone doubted that this was a book of our experience of Christ, I think those doubts should have been dashed by now. I think so. Isn't that good? Christ is our enjoyment. No anxiety, no struggle. We're not even dreaming. We have Christ as our reality. We have him as our feast, as our rest, and as our freedom. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Brother Dick. You're welcome, Brother Please come back uh, very soon. I'd like to. 
We'd love to hear from you if you have an opportunity. Take a moment to give us a call. We can tell you about the recovery version that Dick referred to. We can also tell you about these printed life study messages and uh, numerous other resources here at Living Stream Ministry. That toll-free number, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY, 888-543-3788. Our mailing address is Living Stream Ministry, Post Office Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. And you can send email to us to radio at lsm.org. For Dick Taylor, I'm Chris Wild. Thank you very much for listening today. You've been listening to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, produced by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee ministered the Word of God for over seven decades. Many consider these life studies as his seminal work, an exhaustive commentary on the entire Bible from the perspective of the believer's enjoyment and experience of God's divine life in Christ through the Spirit. If you'd like to find more about Witness Lee, these life study messages, or any of the materials provided by Living Stream Ministry, please visit our website, lsm.com. That's lsm.org. You can also email us, radio at lsm.org, or call us toll-free, 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. Thanks for listening today. Was Jesus simply a great religious leader? The next day he saw Jesus coming to him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. John chapter 1, verse 29. Based on the scriptures, the religious people were looking for a great leader, but Jesus was introduced to them as a little lamb with a little dove. The lamb is for redemption, to redeem fallen man back to God, and the dove is for life-giving, for anointing, to anoint man with what God is, to bring God into man and man into God. Both the lamb and the dove are needed for man to participate in God. Scripture, John 1.29, and commentary from the New Testament Recovery Version published by Living Stream Ministry. For more information, visit lsm.org.